Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk joining you on a Friday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen who are out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a drink from uh, from Strange Brew Coffeehouse. And, of course, like we've been saying, if you, you detect a little brisk chill in the air, it's because... Fall is happening at Strange Brew. Pumpkin Spice is back. Put on your Uggs. Put on a scarf. Head on over. It's almost spooky season. Pumpkin Spice is back at Strange Brew Coffee House. And I believe that that they're offering a gift card to students. Is it still rolling? I think it, was it rolling is. rolling as of late last night. I, I think I'm going to stop by today and put a little Yeah, let's money do that. You and I both. Let's put a little money put on Put a little money in there for, for students. For our friends. Uh... Made me lose my train of thought there. Excuse me, <clears throat> but I, I know now that I'm thinking about national championship merchandise that is available at College Corner. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Whether you're looking for national championship merchandise or you're ready to turn the page to football, you want to get stuff for your tailgate for home gating. Whatever it is, don't spend your time in Starkville in line at stores trying to buy your MSU merchandise. Have it ready. Have it on you when you get in the car with a stop to College Corner. Our good friends at Humble Taco want you to know that this fall is going to be fantastic at Humble Taco. That's going to be the place to be Fridays and Saturdays when you are in Starkville. Mexican Fair with Mississippi Roots, a huge patio for you guys to enjoy the great weather and enjoy your friends and family when you're back home for football games. No, no place like it in Starville. Definitely want to check it out. If you haven't already, you will have been missing out. Humble Taco over there on University Drive. I, I haven't seen for, for sure. I, mean, I assume there will be another scrimmage this weekend. Is that correct? I think. I mean, it makes sense to have one anyway, right? Well, let's let's check the uh, the old email here. When I checked from the email, Brandon Langlois, I didn't see the word scrimmage on there. I'll just put it that way. Um. Saturday just says practice. Just says practice. But so I, I would imagine eleven fifteen. That's that kind of a, feels like a scrimmage. It's, yeah, it does. Feel it's like very it. scrimmagey. It's a scrimmagey kind of time. Yes. Yeah. So second scrimmage of of, of training camp. Uh, you know, wrapping up. You know, the third week of camp. One week of of actual camp left. I guess. Although you know, at this point, school coming back in. Now it's, it feels more like just practice. Mm-hmm. Now for to me, camp ends when school begins. When you can't be at the facility all day. Um. That's right. Even even players are saying that the training camp's over. I yeah. saw Aaron Burley mention that training camp was over. I mean, they might they're still going through practice, but if you watch that video Mississippi State put out following Aaron Burley throughout the day, that was a day that started at seven a.m. Mm-hmm. and he left the building at nine p.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's no longer going to be the case. They're not going to have meetings all day and uh, practice walkthrough and all that stuff. So now they're kind of getting into 
you know, they're about to start getting into preparation for La Tech. Yeah, I agree with you. So that, so, so that sort of brings up a question then. It brings up a few questions. We, we, that's what today's show is going to be, some some questions to, to be answered at this point in training camp. Something that's been a, a pretty hot topic on your message board uh, on social media is this. We all know that, you know, Zach Arnett, his defense, very aggressive, man coverage, the getting after the quarterback. But we also know that that is not, by and large, what Mississippi State's going to see when they hit the field this fall. You know, I fully expect when Mississippi State takes on Louisiana Tech in that first game, first snap of the ball, here come three, and eight are going to drop back. And it's going to be that way until Mississippi State proves they can beat that kind of coverage and protect against three rushers on a regular basis. So if you're Mike Leach and Zach Arnett, what, what is the, the game plan to start preparing? Does that mean you do game week, or should that start those preparations be starting now? I have I have a few thoughts on this. Um, first of all, the biggest issue I saw with facing a you know rush three drop eight defense last year was lack of execution. I didn't think that Mississippi State that executed well enough. I th- I, I thought the receivers were open. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that plays were there to be made. Protect. They couldn't protect. They couldn't find receivers. The quarterbacks couldn't find receivers. Um, you know, I, I, I just didn't see, uh, I didn't see enough from that to say, oh, this is just going to be the kryptonite for this offense. Cause he's been able to combat right. that defense his entire career. It's not like teams just started running this defense last year. They just figured it out. Uh, I just thought that there was not, uh, the execution the Mississippi state needed from its quarterbacks, from its offensive line, mostly from the offensive line. There was just not enough time. But we also saw them beat a zone defense, beat a drop eight defense. They did it against Georgia. Um, Missouri ran it, which I know Missouri was depleted. Uh, but at the same time, and they were running a, a drop eight defense. Ole Miss, worst one of the worst defenses in the country, but still, yeah. Um, it, it's it, it's not it's not that Mississippi State can't have success against that kind of defense. Just they weren't executing. But they do need to run some semblance of that in practice. I just think, to me, Mississippi State's defense that they're playing against right now is one of the better ones, I think, in the Southeastern Conference. I don't see a problem with them going against an aggressive man defense and trying to find ways to get open. I think if you can beat that kind of defense, then I I think that you can start kind of dialing it back and going and going up against a zone defense a little more and and bringing out some of your concepts there. But I mean, it, there's going to be teams that run man too. Mm-hmm. The, Mississippi State's going to have some of those teams that run s- some of those concepts at times. I don't I don't think they're just going to run a zone defense every single game. I feel like when State gets those, and that's what they did against Georgia. When you have those opportunities against man, you absolutely have to capitalize. Mm-hmm. When you can get some one on ones, when you can get those guys crossing and, and getting a, you know getting those picks and rubs that get somebody open, you can't miss on those opportunities. That's that's really where the big plays come from. You know, the zone against the zone, it's all about you know move the chains, move the chains, move the chains, and then when they say okay, we need to blitz here, we need to go man, that's when you've got to punish them. That, yeah. that's the formula for success for Mississippi State offensively. I wonder, you know, and this is something that, you know, I guess we would need to ask Zach Arnett to be, you know, concerned. Like, how do you how do you coach a defense that you don't run? Yeah, it's, you know? it's not his style, I know. Right. I mean, I, I assume you watch film, you're like, all right, we're going to do some of these these things here. And, you know, the idea of, of I mean, 
it's not like Zach would be Zach Arnett would be totally unfamiliar with it, but to actually call it would be—it's got to be a little bit of a stretch. And also, I mean, like asking you, Leach to run the wishbone. You have to remember this defense has to get its practices in too. Yeah. I mean, it's not like it's not like Mississippi State is just working everything around the offense. The defense is going to have to stop some teams as well. So you want that defense to be you know in tip top shape, and that's kind of you know what they've been running right now is is the full bore. Zach Arnett's defense, but he's run some zone too. I mean, he's not just out there running just straight man. I mean, that they're they're running some of that too in in the scrimmaging and the eleven on eleven work that they're getting in. So I mean, it's just it's just a matter of you know putting in some wrinkles here and there and letting the defense see those looks enough to where they can execute it. But you know, back to what we were talking about about the the drop eight and just executing that offense. It is just a just a kind of a dink and dunk deal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everybody's dropping back. You just have to move the chains and yeah. just basically death by a thousand paper cuts. You're hopeful that somebody on a short pass can break a tackle. Yeah, you know, that you can make a play. Really, the key. I think the key is adding in some wrinkles of the running game. Yeah, that's really the key to to combating that kind of defense. And it's not that you have to see it all the time to be able to beat it. Uh, you just have to add a few wrinkles in there. I'm not so much worried about Mississippi State seeing that defense constantly. I'm more so worried about them just dropping back and, and telling the defense, you can pin your ears back and come get us with four or five guys. And we've and you know what we've tried to tell people is we have seen, I don't know if they did this in practice last year, but we have seen them adding more run elements to this offense and scrimmaging and things like that. I've seen a speed option. I've seen quarterback draw. I've seen quarter, you know, a dive play. I've we've seen the running backs getting more involved in a run type offense than we did last season during the season, with the exception of late in the year. Does the, the does this idea work for you that working against man, especially against Emerson and Forbes, helps you even against zone because you you start getting idea. This is how to get open. Yeah, that that's exactly that was exactly my point. Yeah, I you know, a lot of people think, well, just I mean, we'd be better off just out there with with a scout team and people like that, and just standing back in coverage. I disagree with that because I think if you're going up against, if you're having great competition with two of the better defensive backs in the Southeastern Conference, and you're finding ways to get open. I think you can get open against just about anybody. I mean, that that's a good base to start. That is a really good base to start. If you're getting open against really good defensive backs, mm-hmm. then I, I feel like you can get open against anybody. You can figure it out. All of this, you know, and, and we, we talked about it at the beginning here, that it, it's irrelevant if State doesn't block better, if State isn't better up front. Based on what I've seen from the first team guys, I feel like they have improved, especially yeah. – you know, I feel like Charles Cross has taken a, a big step forward. You know, and there's a lot of buzz around him already as this might be his last year in Starkville. Um, but I feel across the board that this group has gotten better. I think moving LaQuinston Sharp to center has been a, a, a move that has paid off. It allows Cole Smith to sort of be that swing guy. Cole Smith's still going to get a ton of playing time this year. There's no mm-hmm. question about that. You know, in what you've seen from practice, and you've been out there more than I have. Have you been, you know, maybe impressed isn't the right word, but how do you feel about the offensive line? The times that they've struggled to block, it's been the second team unit. And you're never, and a lot of people make a lot of that, well, we don't have any depth. 
Well, you're never going to have the second team five out on the field unless it's a blowout. What you're looking at is who are those guys that are coming in behind the first team guys? Who's going to be the backup left tackle? Who's going to be the backup guard? And in my opinion, they have eight guys that I think I feel comfortable with that I that I think can really that that can go, uh, and that's your starting five. And then if something happens with you know a tackle or or something like that, then you have a swing guy and probably Cam Jones, and Cole Smith could be a swing guard. Cam Jones can play multiple guard positions. So you know if somebody goes down, Mason Miller is the type of offensive line coach that he has guys prepared to kind of slip into spots uh so it i look at that offensive line i mentioned this the other day as kind of like a ranking system who's your top seven or eight it's not a depth chart per se it's not your you know who's the back who's left tackle and the second string left tackle and third string whatever they have a in my opinion they have you know seven or eight guys and those guys will, will play a mixture of some position Except for Charles Cross and Scott Lashley, I don't yeah. see them moving. Yeah, I feel like the, the tackles are set, and then everybody on the interior. But like you said, I feel like a couple of the interior guys could move out to tackle. Yeah, you Cam Jones. Cam Jones. I feel like Dollar Bill. Dollar could go out Bill there to could, pinch. If you, yeah, if you had to. So, and then you know it would sort of you know it's it's after the eight. I don't think there's a nine. I don't know. There's a nine that's just like right there. No, it's there's a lot of improving talent back there. I mean, I think Albert Albert Reese looks the part. He. He really does. And when he's in there, he doesn't look lost. Like no, I, I no. really I look at him and I think he's going to be an NFL guy. Um I can already I can already look at him and yeah, tell. Got the body type for it. For I sure. mean, he just arrived to campus and looks like an SEC player already. I mean, Charles Cross did not look like that when he got here. Right. So, I I feel really good about him moving forward and beyond that, I mean, there there are some question marks on that offensive line and they've had some misses up front. You know, from the last two or three coaching staffs, they've had some misses up there. They've had some guys transfer. They have some guys not work out. So, you know, there there's some question marks there. And I feel like this class is big for Mississippi State to kind of get some get it reloaded there at the only offensive line. They have some guys already committed that I really like. Mm-hmm. They need a, probably a couple of JUCO guys. Yeah, or a transfer. Yeah. Too. Uh, they they, they des- just offered a new JUCO guy <laughs> yesterday, apparently. Yeah, and he's got several Power Five offers. I think he's an All American guy. So, and he's I mean, that would be a good uh, guy. The the guy from uh, Gulf Coast who's committed to Oregon. Yeah, he Percy would be Lewis. Yeah, he would be really good. Big kid there. Yeah. Right? So uh, you look at the guys that they're recruiting, and they're recruiting a lot of big kids. I mean, well, that's, I feel like you know when you're going to pass block this much. You need tackles. Yeah. You know, what guards are good for in, in football is pushing. Yeah. And pushing ahead and moving the pile. You know, when you're six foot three and three hundred and thirty pounds, that's what you're there for. But when you're gonna pass that much, I mean it can be it can be a problem. Yeah. You know, you need guys who are six five, six six and a little leaner, you know, three hundred, three ten. Yeah, I don't see them recruiting very many dollar bills moving no, forward no and it, he's, which is interesting because in mississippi there's a ton of those guys yeah you always can find big interior offensive linemen but let true tackles sort of a rare thing i mean you look at cross who was the last one before him Derek sherrod yeah there have been many i mean damian robinson was more of a i mean even though he was a bust at the time he was a more of a of a big offensive lineman uh, yeah. Obviously, Dollar Bill, sort of the same. Javon Pittman going to Ole Miss was always going to be an interior guy, you know, things like that. So you know, there's not that's a place that's a that's a situation where when you look at it long term, 
can you recruit those guys out of state because Mississippi yeah. doesn't produce a whole ton of them. Well, I, that's what I think Mason Miller does well is he finds perfect fits for this offense. Yeah. I mean, they've had some really good offensive linemen mm-hmm. over the years at Washington State, places like that. So I, I think he's going to dip into the West Coast. I think he's going to dip into Texas, get some kids from Texas, Florida. You know, he's already getting into Alabama. There, there's some there's some guys in Alabama that you can pull. It, and it's not so much, you know, getting highly rated guys. You just got to get guys that are good fits for this particular system, and they can work well. And I think that's what he's doing. I mean, you look at Albert Reese. I mean, he was kind of an unknown guy. I mean, I think he was going to go to Rutgers. And they pull him out for a guy from Canada that's, that's ended up in Florida. So I, I really like the direction that they're going on the offensive line. I like the kids that they're recruiting. But you're just going to have to stack them up here because they're right now they're they're kind of in a um, holding pattern beyond that starting five, I think. I agree with you. agree with you 100%. All right, let's move on into the big question of the day, and that's brought to you by our good friends at Welcome Home Beef. Don't forget, when you're in Startville and you're looking for Welcome Home Beef products, it's just as simple as a trip to Val's Marketplace on Highway 12. The meat counter is full of great burgers, roasts, and steaks plus a lot of other great cuts. And if you don't see what you're looking for, well, you just got to make the uh, the request. They'll cut to order, and they'll place orders for you anytime. It's time to start thinking about what's going to be on the grill at that first tailgate. You definitely want to have some Welcome Home Beef products out there for your group. And if you don't get Welcome Home Beef products in your local grocery store, and there's plenty of them across the state, if you're not getting them, you need to find out why. Call your local grocer and call Welcome Home Beef. That number is 662-268-8148. Welcome Home Beef. It just tastes good. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District selling smoked southern soul food. So good every time you go. You never have a bad time at Two Brothers. Make sure they are on your to-do list when you are in Starkville this fall. The patio will be hopping with the Cotton District and uh, all the good times that are ready to be had in the 2021 football season. It starts with a trip to Two Brothers, 621 University Drive. Advantage Business Systems wants to take care of your business two different ways. They've got an incredible selection of products and services. Everything a business needs from a technological standpoint, they have it in stock and ready to go. And they're going to back every sale up with the kind of customer service you would expect from your next-door neighbor. And that's what they are. They are your next-door neighbor. They are a Mississippi business, first and foremost. They've been helping businesses just like yours for nearly 50 years. Why don't you call them today? and find out how you can become one of their success stories. That number is 601-362-9192, or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Here's the big question, Robbie Falk. Is it time to name a starting quarterback? We talked As we're listening to this podcast, we will have spoken to him, but we are supposed to speak to Mike Leach tonight. Another scrimmage we think on Saturday. It feels like when I talk to Mike at... Uh, SEC media days, I asked him, I said, how quickly do you want to decide? He said, pretty quickly. Feels like this is the point, right, where they're going to have to name the starter, and that's going to be Will Rogers. Yeah, and I don't know if he's going to do it publicly or not. I just, I don't think that he really handles anything out, you know, publicly. Like, he doesn't really talk about a whole lot that's going on within his team, and it, everything's kind of internal with him. He doesn't really care about public perception or anything like that. So I think right now what he's done is try to make sure that he he can he has that competition that continues within his guys. Nobody's you know just lackadaisical or anything like that because 
what you do is you can create an atmosphere if you go ahead and name a starter that you know will will Rogers gets complacent or the guys behind him get complacent because they know that they are not going to win the job. I feel like most everybody knows where this is headed, but at the same time, you you do have to handle this delicately at times, and a lot of that is based on knowing you know your guys, and you know maybe he wants to keep that fire burning with, with Will. I feel like Will's a guy that's really competitive anyway, mm-hmm. so I don't I don't think you're gonna have to to give him any kind of motivation, but at the same time, maybe for another week or so, you you keep it kind of burning in that quarterback room and, and see what happens. When Will Rogers takes over this job, inevitably, I mean, I feel like he's earned the job, but at the same time, I don't feel like I don't feel like it was ever in doubt. Like, I think if, if Abraham had been here, had been playing, there could have been a moment of doubt. But once he was out, there was never any question he was going to be the guy. The good news is that Will Rogers has played at a high level. He hasn't taken it as... You know, I've, I've, I'm going to be the starter. I can just sort of slide through it. I, I feel like he's played well. And and you mentioned something a second ago. You definitely have seen him grow as a leader this this off season. Uh, you know, when you go out to practice, he is the guy, the first one in. You know, the old first one in, last one out. You know, he's the guy who's sort of like running and leading the pace in the drills. You hear his voice out on the practice field. I know from a, a physical talent. I mean, he's not the biggest quarterback. He's not the fastest quarterback. He doesn't have the biggest arm, but. To me, that's everything I just said. That's what you expect from a Mike Leach quarterback. Yeah, you know he's never had a guy that's just you know okay that guy's going to be the first pick in the draft. He's made a living turning guys like like him and Gardner Minshew and I mean who is Anthony Gordon? Who is Luke Falk? You know these are guys you never heard of, and he turned them into four and five thousand yard passers. And, and you know some of those guys don't end up making it big, or you know a lot of most of his quarterbacks did not go to the NFL, and if they did, they were practice squad players, backup quarterbacks. Minshew's his first starter, I believe. Minshew is the first guy that's really kind of made it. But they're great college quarterbacks. They're great system quarterbacks. And that's why whenever Mike Leach was hired, you know, one of the, fir- well, the first thing I thought about was this is perfect for Will Rogers. Mm-hmm. This is the perfect offense for him because I, I didn't know how he would fit into a pure spread option RPO type offense, right? But this offense is perfect for him, mm-hmm. and I, I think it's going to be tough to knock him off his perch. Just, for, I mean, anybody, just because he has that it factor that he has the things that you can't teach as a coach. You you can't teach the leadership qualities. You can't teach the effort that he puts in in practice, and the players gravitate to him. And I think that's why you saw last year when he took over as starting quarterback. Mississippi State played with a different kind of confidence. It didn't matter, you know, if they were freshmen, seniors, sophomores, whatever, who was in the game. They played with a different kind of confidence than they played with KJ Costello because I think that people just respected the work that he put in on, on the practice field, every day in meetings, in the weight room, things like that. You go out there to practice. There's there's nobody. There's no there's no cowbells ringing. There's no stands or anything like that. You just see him 20 yards ahead of everybody else sprinting to the other field. After practice, he's running, you know, sideline to sideline, getting in some extra conditioning with, you know, Fred Peters and a couple other seniors. But he's a sophomore. He's a second-year player, and he's got, you know, three or four seniors with him running laps around the practice field. I think that's things that you can't teach. You can't can't teach effort to kids that just kind of – 
that comes naturally to him, and I think it's going to be tough for somebody to, to knock him out. Now, next year we could see a legitimate quarterback battle, I think, with Sawyer Robertson just from the physical tools standpoint that he has. But for right now, uh, it's it's a clear number one for me. Yeah. And, and I, I said before practices began, Will Rogers need to come in, take control of this job. Now, Jack Abraham wasn't there to compete with him for, for the fall, but I tend to believe this is how it would have gone even with Jack Abraham there, just because I think Will is a, ter- a determined guy, and I think that he wanted to make sure that everybody knew that his this was his team. Mm. Yeah, I think Abraham would have made it interesting, but eventually it would have gone to Will Rogers. But we'll see how it goes. Are there any uh, any other posi- are there any other real position battles? Is there anything else where you're like, I don't know who's going to start there? I think the uh, defensive end spot left by Jordan Davis is is still one to watch. Mm-hmm. It looks like. Jack Harris and Demonte Russell mm-hmm. maybe is going to be at that spot. Uh, you know, Randy Charlton on the defensive at a defensive end spot as well. I mean, the only good thing that comes from this from Jordan Davis being out, the only good thing is that you've got more reps to kind of divvy out to some of the younger guys to to get them ready. Um, you know, Demonte Russell's got to take a step ahead. You know, he was injured all of last year played sparingly as a as a true freshman for red shirting that that is a guy that could that has the potential to be you know an elite pass rusher so state needs him to step up jack harris they need him to take take a step up as well you know randy charlton's kind of got to get in there and, and make a major move so last year we saw tons of guys go down in the secondary for mississippi state and players had to step up and, and fulfill those roles I think that's what has to happen again this year. That's that's a, that's going to be a tremendous loss uh, having Jordan Davis out, but other guys have got to fill that role. It's not really a position battle because these two guys are going to play a lot. But Jaquavius Marks has he's definitely RB one. He he has definitely grabbed that that by the horns, and I'm surprised with that. I, I you know if you listen to the podcast back in the spring, I've and I've always said I was a big Dylan Johnson guy. I thought Dylan Johnson had a better spring than Marks, but in in training camp here, it's been Marks has been much better. I think people are going to be shocked at his body. Mm-hmm. He looks like he looks like a, a running back right now. He looks like an SEC running back. And last year, you know he uh, was cut up. He look he looked good, but. Still a little a little small. Mm-hmm. This year he looks like he can take on some hits. He can, I mean he he had a pickup block on a pass the other day. Um, somebody I f- I forget who it was. I think it might have been Deshaun Page. It was a it was a linebacker I think that was coming in on a blitz, picked him up and knocked him on his rear, and it was it was a thing of beauty. So he can take on those shots now. He can take somebody up on a, pick up a blitz coming off the edge. You know he. Maybe he can shed a couple of tackles when he gets out in the flats. I think that's huge for him to have a couple of different backs that can do that. You know, D- Dylan Johnson can do it as well. To add just a l- just some extra weight in the off season, some extra muscle, uh, to be able to take on the hits that he's going to take on this year because nobody got more touches last year than him, and he was a true freshman. Yeah. Uh, but he he took it in stride, and and this this summer and this fall he's gotten bigger. I think he's like Will Rogers. I think he's really kind of taken charge of that room and 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 wants to be the guy. But certainly, State's got two really good backs, and I, I feel like Travian Hargrove is is stepping in there as well and is going to get some reps 
this year also. I mean, State's in a really good spot to be in this offense, to be in an offense that's you know pass heavy, to have three pretty darn good running backs yeah. in that room is is a good spot to be in. I agree. I agree. We'll see what uh, the weekend brings, and if we see any kind of announcements, obviously we'll talk about them on uh, Sunday's uh, Thunder and Lightning. Next week on Thunder and Lightning, uh, we'll have our our final SEC preview, and that is Mississippi State Plus. We will reveal the results of our, I think this is the uh, sixth annual Mississippi State media poll that we've done, uh, you know, from on th- with three different co-hosts. Almost everybody's turned in their results to me, so we'll have that uh Next week as well, plus a lot of other good football stuff as practice continues to uh, to heat up and we get closer and closer to the start of the football season. Guys, have a great weekend. Back with you very soon. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.